your headphones sound okay? They sound phenomenal. They're at the right level. Okay. What? I don't even know what I just clicked yes to. Suddenly my computer uh, is telling me I'm out of disk space everywhere I'm trying to do anything. So I guess I got to start moving uh, video files off here. I signed up for iCloud because I filled my phone up. Ready? I'm ready. Hey, hey, welcome to the Felt Recoil Podcast, where we believe all men are created equal, but all ideas are not. Boy, this is a good week for that to be the thing we say at the top of every program, isn't it? My name is Chris. Across from me, Mr. P-Mag. Hey, oh wait, let me turn your mic on. Yeah, you should. You should pre- I like that it took you 115 episodes to <laughs> figure out that you just could leave me on mute. Uh, yep. Let's go right back to it. All right. So anyways, Fell Recall Podcast, and uh, I'm in charge. Hey, it's good to be back with you. Um... I feel like I've been gone forever. I just spent a week in the middle of Alabama for an event there. The World Speed Shoot. It was awesome. Pew, pew. Yeah, it was a good time, man. Those guys are fast. And you know what? Let me tell you this. I got two things I want to share with you. I I have many, many things I would share with you from the World Speed Shoot, uh, which if if you're not familiar, I'll give you a rundown here in just a second. But number one is the amount of kids who are entering the shooting sports, and I'm talking age 8 to 15, the amount of them I saw combined with how good they were is phenomenal. More on that in a second. More on that in a second. First, let me tell you about our charity of choice, the Special Operations Warrior Foundation, S-O-W-F, the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. You can learn more about them at specialops.org, and you can learn about what they do. Uh, they make sure that should a child's parent make the ultimate sacrifice, that Special Operations Warrior Foundation will be by the child's side. The commitment from them is to make sure every child of a fallen Special Operations Warrior receives a college education, but it's really not all there is to it. They they don't just say, hey, here's four years of tuition. It's actually much, much more than that. Special Operations Warrior Foundation at specialops.org will show you how they provide students with tools for educational success, including preschool funding, academic counseling, private tutoring, college planning, coaching, mentoring, college to career transition, on and on the list goes. But really, they can tell you a lot better than I can if you'll just go to specialops.org and find out more about Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Okay. In Talladega for the World Speed Shoot and uh, met a lot of fun people. Saw a lot of kids just phenomenally shooting firearms. So impressive. Here's the way it works. You run eight stages. There's five targets on every stage. You make five attempts at each stage. They dropped your worst attempt. Ergo, 20 rounds per stage for eight stages, 160 positive round-to-target interactions is what you need. Then they time you. 
And you have to do them in uh, somewhat of a specific order. So there will be like four white targets and one red on each stage. You have to shoot the red one last. Otherwise, there's not really a specific order you have to follow. On one stage, you had to shoot three targets, then move to another box and shoot the last two. But other than that, it's pretty much just how fast can you go. Yours truly, not really a competitive shooter. I like it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I haven't looked at my final score. To, well, I've, I know what my final score is. I haven't looked at my final placement. It doesn't matter because I'll tell you this story. Uh, I ran it in 100 seconds, like 100.15 seconds total. So uh, I look at that and I go, hey, that's not too bad, right? If you think, um, you know, that many rounds on target, how fast can you do it? I did it in 100 seconds. That's just over a minute and a half. That's pretty good, right? I think that's pretty good. So what's par? So, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I'll, here's par for Chris. I meet this young lady. She's 11 years old, and there's different divisions you can shoot, right? So if you want to shoot a handgun, you can shoot a handgun. But if you want your handgun to have a red dot on it, you would do handgun with optics, or you could do handgun iron sights, right? right? I was shooting my pistol-calibered carbine, so that's a rifle chambered in a pistol round, like 9 millimeter, and it had a red dot on it. So they call that PCC open, pistol-caliber carbine open. You can run a red dot on it. I meet this nice young lady. She's there with her dad and her granddad, and they're really nice people, and, and they've come by, and uh, we're all chatting it up. Now, I was there for work, but I got to to run I got to run the stages and actually partake in the event, if you will, uh, the first day we were there on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. I don't remember. doesn't matter too much. The point is uh, I had done the math that night at dinner and figured out I had a 100-second run, and uh, I meet this little girl. She stops by our booth, and I, I'm chatting with her, and I said, uh, what are you doing? What What are you shooting? What's your discipline? And she said, uh, PCC open, which is the same I was doing. And I said, oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Did you already shoot? She said, yeah, I shot yesterday. I said, great. How'd you do? She said, I did all right. I, I had an 80. I had an 80. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at her and I go, well, that's great. Now, I don't want to be rude, but I did get 100, which is obviously 20 points better. But solid. if you stay at it, you'll get there. One day. And even that little girl knew what a joke that was. Even she laughed at it. So anyway, we had a great time out there at the World Speed Shoot. Um, and I hope I, I hope I get to go back next time. Man, we had a really, really good time. I wonder, I'm trying to think if I saw any cool stuff product-wise. We met the guys from Grizzly Ears. They were cool. They actually work to raise money for Operation Underground Railroad. So that was cool. Chatted with them, and then uh, some other folks, Tipman guys, were there. That was fun. They were nice people. So they brought their full autos, and uh, we had a good time. Um, okay, let me ask you how to get out of this situation, Mr. Hulon. You ever say something, and as you say, remember the Jim, uh, no, not Jim Gaffigan. Who's the comedian that didn't go crazy? Uh, Brian Regan. You ever heard his bit about the uh, baby a short list? The baby, yeah, the <laughs> the baby panda at the zoo. How you never ask a woman if she's pregnant, and he says, "You ever you ever made that mistake?" And he's like, uh, <laughs> "So you catch yourself, and you're like, hey, she's like, hi, and you're like, when's the baby due?" And as you're saying it, you try and stop yourself, and she's like, "What baby?" And then you're like, "At the zoo, I heard the panda at the zoo. It's gonna have a baby. What's the baby do? I don't know. I'm an idiot." He has a great bit on it. Anyway, I kind of did that, but in a much more morbid way. Mm. And there was no recovery. 
Like I did not know what to do. And I still actually feel bad about it, which is why I'm talking about it. Maybe because this is somewhat therapeutic. I don't know how to recover. I can't really relate. I never say the wrong thing. In fact, 114 <laughs> episodes of proof out there just in case. You're just perfect. Check. You're perfect. Yeah. Now that I've started telling the story, I actually feel bad about even repeating it. <laughs> it's that bad? It's, it's that bad. Wow. Okay. Well, because now, now you have to. If though. the poor young lady. You know what? Let me do it this way. No, I'm serious. Now you can't just stop. I'm going to get serious. So I, wanna, I want to sincerely apologize to the young lady. I know she didn't take offense to what happened, but... We, I, I bought an M1 Garand while I was there. I'm so manly, and I want to tell you a little bit about it, but the, the really nice young lady that sold me the clips for it, you buy a box of like 20, it was like an odd number, like 27 clips for 25 bucks or something like that. Or All right. Uh, it was weird, but anyway, you buy them in this big box, and that's how you load your Garand. Uh, you wouldn't know because you're, you're not a manly man like me. Um, but she was very, very sweet, very, very nice, and she seemed young. She seemed young. Of course, I'm old. And I don't know if you've done this yet, but when, men of a certain age, you reach a point where all women not within five years of your age, your brain just defaults them to like 12. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And especially like me and, and you, you have a daughter, and, and you see a little baby girl, and just, I don't know. It's a weird thing when uh, the kids of the day, like this young lady, is closer in age to my children than she is to me, right? So they become kids in your eyes. I think right. that's kind of part of it. Super sweet, just a nice girl. And uh, she's checking me out, uh, letting me pay for my stuff, and not checking me out like that. No, no, no. <laughs> no no woman ever would. Um, but I, I say... Uh, File that under things that could go unsaid. Yeah, that's true. That You need not say the things we all know. Um, gravity exists. Um, she's letting me pay for the stuff and I say, Hey, you know what? I want to say you guys are all, have all been really nice. Everyone here really seems to like working here. And I just think that's a great thing. How nice everyone has been to us. So I, I just want you to know that we know you're busy, but we appreciate what you guys have done here. You guys are cool. And she says, you know, that really means a lot to me. Uh, considering that my dad, is the guy that came up with the idea for all this. So we were at the civilian marksmanship program facility. So it's a federal facility that somebody had to go to the government and get grants for and things like that and convince them that this was necessary. And apparently... Don't tell Pelosi exists. Right. Her dad, I guess, was a part of that crew or the guy. I don't know. I didn't ask names because, as you'll soon find out, uh, I I ran out of time because I couldn't get out of there fast enough. She says this, and I go, well, tell him we said thanks, because this place is fantastic. And as I'm saying the word fantastic on my life, I think in my head, oh, man, it's going to be terrible if he, like, died or something. And then I go, nah, she looks young enough. And I go, yeah, but you probably just shouldn't, like, say things like that. Just say it's great. And before I can stop thinking, she goes... I really wish I could. And I go, I'm sorry. And she goes, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's been about a month. I just watch her start. Like she, like her, the tears are coming. She didn't cry, but you can see the, t- I mean, who wouldn't? Right. Can't blame her for that. And I was like, I'm really sorry. I said that. And she's like, no, no, no. 
you you can't recover. So then it's like this awkward quiet of like. <laughs> anyway, like, there's no. Rec- I felt you could just put the receipt terrible. in the bag. <laughs> so Alabama no, Robert, I'll go now. Yeah, man, I didn't know what to do. I had to. I really just. I don't think that's as bad as like <laughs> I wanted to write her a letter, like calling wanted- somebody pregnant. That's not though. <laughs> Maybe you can't know that. You can't. You can't. But man. Maybe next time I just go, well, he did a great job. And then leave it at that. I don't know, man. Good grief. It was just, anyway. All right. So, could always no go with. Recover. Well, check you later. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what I told my buddy James? I was like, we got out and uh, he was with me. He was buying some clips and we go out. Uh, we get back to the truck and I said, dude, I feel like crap. Like, what a thing. And he's like, I mean, you wouldn't know that. Kind of the same thing you said. He's like, you wouldn't know that, man. And she didn't seem like mad about it. I said, yeah, but then I brought it up. Like, now I'm the guy that brought it up to her in the middle of her work day. He goes, yeah. And I told him, I said, you know what? I, I couldn't help but think of in Dumb and Dumber when he comes out of the gas station. He's like, big gulps, huh? And they just look at him. He's like, well, see ya. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? What could you possibly say? Um, anyway, let me tell you something cool about this Garand. I thought, if you don't know, if you're ever near a, a, a civilian marksmanship park, you can go in these places. You can become a member Right. Uh, you really what you do is you walk in, you fill out a form requesting permission to buy one of their rifles. And then, at least in the Talladega instance, they essentially have a walking encyclopedia of grand knowledge working the counter. And he has a little blue book with all the serial numbers and the serial numbers will tell you. Not all the serial numbers. He has a book with months and, and years in it. So it's divided up by the manufacturer of the firearm and then the last serial number manufactured by that company in every month of every year that they were manufactured. So we met a guy in there named Mike who was really, really nice, super funny, older guy, um, older than me. I think he was 42, uh, wink, wink, Mike. And, um, he was buying a couple of grants, super nice guy, had a lot of knowledge. So I picked his brain for a little while. And then I start talking to the guy behind the counter who's super smart as well, pick his brain for a little while. And I essentially told him, I just want a gun that looks like it saw something. I want something with a story. I don't really care if I ever shoot it, but I want the rifle and I want a bayonet and I want it to look cool. I want to take it home. Now, my great grandfather, he fought in World War II and his brother was captured by the Japanese killed we believe via starvation he survived the death march is it Bataan? am i is it yeah it's Bataan. Bataan death march so he survived the Bataan death march and uh then died in the philippines of starvation soon thereafter so they're pretty sure that the march killed him it was you know the death nail but um he died in july of 1942 and so coincidentally uh, I said to the guy behind the counter, I, you know, I, I know I want one. Ideally, I would find one from, you know, somewhere around that time frame. And he helped me run it down. And I bought the little blue book for 10 bucks and took some pictures. And uh, he helped me run down one that was manufactured and issued in July of 1942. So I like to think that they killed great grandpappy Jepson, the old Japs did. And then they made this rifle to go exact the revenge winchester said 
take it, run over there, and uh, make it happen. And by the way, little known fact, if, you, if you're looking at Garands and you want a Garand that saw action, Winchester, if you find a Winchester Garand, it definitely saw action, is the belief. That they only produced during the war. Springfield, he said anything with a serial number less than 3.8 million likely saw uh, World War II. You know, obviously Korea and all that. They had international harvester rifles that were made beginning in 51 to help with Korea. And if you're looking at bayonets, if you care, if you're looking at bayonets, uh, you need a long bayonet blade, something longer than about seven inches to be the original because once the war really got fully underway, they, they actually cut them back. Uh, I think they were nine, and then they went to six inches because they wanted to save the material so they could make more bayonets. Smart. Not less longer ones. Anyway, a lot of fun. I love it, and uh, we'll get some pictures of it up on our Instagram. Okay. It is... Uh, we, we, we record on Monday nights. We release new episodes every Tuesday morning, wherever you like to get your podcast. So... If you're listening to this on the day it's released, you're about, you're about to have the greatest night of your political life in a really long time. Two stories to go hand in hand. Number one, Trump has picked his SCOTUS nominee. Uh, and, of course, the left needed a reason to be upset about it. So they don't like that he has announced um, a new nominee who everyone is now calling ACB. The left wants RGB to be sacred now. You can't use three initials. FDR, jerk. Right. Jerk. What was that guy thinking? He knew what he was doing. Now, I, I believe... Wait, is it okay if you're a lefty? Because then he gets a free pass. I can see that. Now, I believe he appointed RGB, correct? That's why they both have <laughs> yes. the three initials. She was really old. As it turns out, that is accurate. I don't know that. With, Shut up with your fact checks. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear it. She, yeah, I'm, can you just I'm deleting emails from people that are mad at us about that right now. And you know, this isn't a woman that like sold pancakes or or was in sales or any other just kind of you could get by trying to do this on your deathbed type job. This was a woman deciding what is enumerated in the Constitution of the United States. What laws should the rest of the country be held to? A constitution that she wasn't really all too fond of. Not so much a fan. It was like, yeah, I mean, it's okay. Mm. But, but you know, that's South Africa. That's they really, they really got something there. That's the jam. That's the jam. Hey, look what I found in here. A woman can kill her baby even as it's being born. Yeah. Right here. Thomas Jefferson came up with that. Um, so Trump, uh, has nominated Amy Coney Barrett, uh, great name to the Supreme court. She's pledged to become a justice in the mold of the late staunch conservative Antonin Scalia. Here's why you should like that. That means, uh, she will be a textualist. She will study what they meant by what they wrote. She's not going to believe this is a living and breathing document that changes with the country. And why is that important? Well, that's important because you, when you don't believe that, you get to things like late-term abortion, and you get to things like the government being involved in the bedroom and in marriages. Um, those powers are not enumerated uh, to the government in the Constitution. What is there is the Tenth Amendment, which says if the government's not 
specifically given a power by the Constitution, then then it simply goes to the states. But if you don't, if you believe that the Constitution can change with the country, then you don't know that. You don't care about that. So she will be a really, really strong uh, justice, I think. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll probably disagree with her at some point. But well, to your point, though, doesn't that mean that really the states have very little power? If if you believe that the the Constitution changes with the country, right, 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 I guess, and things don't go to the state courts for decisions, what what power do the states have at that point? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You would. I can see how you would get to where you believe the states are beholden to the federal government. Yes. Well, I mean, on a long enough timeline mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. But eventually, that's where that's that's the eventuality that you lead to. Yeah, I think I think that's a scary proposition. I I think that pulls us further away from the United States of America. Yeah. Well, it's it's like this whole thing they're doing now with the death. They want the death of the electoral college. I don't remember the analogy we came up with not so long ago to try to help explain this. It was brilliant, whatever it was. I, I believe it was relative to COVID, like why COVID proves the Electoral College. Because if you look at COVID, and you look at it, the federal government cannot hand down a mandate that would stop COVID. They can't do it. They right. can't come up with a one-size-fits-all. So the states have to be able to say that the farmer in Wyoming or the Midwest, wherever – shouldn't have to live the same way the subway commuter in New York City does, yep. right? Ergo, the farmer deserves the same representation on the same level when it comes time to vote for a president as all of those commuters in New York City. They shouldn't be allowed to tell him how to respond to COVID, nor should he be allowed to tell them. They also shouldn't be allowed to make the decision of who his president is any more than he should be allowed to choose who their president is. So the way you balance that out is the electoral college that every state somehow gets an equal say. Well, how do you do that? You can't do it through democracy. You can't do it through majority vote. You have to have a system in place where it divides it up equally so that everybody's vote counts equally. And that's what the electoral college does. Because it does prevent majority tyranny. I mean, think about where we are with COVID and the way so many people have panicked based on false science, based on snake oil salesmen, based on just the fact that panic sells and panic controls. Fear is power. The media loves getting you worked up into a tizzy. Oh, yeah. Right? So that's what the left wants. And then they want to tell you, well, he's trying to kill democracy. We've never been a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. We are federalism. The states maintain the power to govern themselves. We're not beholden to the federal government. And the Electoral College helps hold all that into place by giving states a number of votes inside the Electoral College based on population, but then not equal uh, to each other. So California doesn't get one vote and Wyoming gets one vote. You know, California, I think, is 115, something like that. I don't know what Wyoming is, but the point is, if the president... Two. Right, right. You can kind of think of it this way. The president has to win land mass more yeah. than he has to win the number Population of Population centers. Right, exactly. And that is a more fair way of establishing who should control the country. Uh, the left doesn't agree with that. 
But the problem that the left has is they can never see beyond the end of their own nose. A lot of people have that problem. So they they took away um, in the Senate uh, the nuclear option, right? Right. And so now they're upset because um, simple majority, uh, with a simple majority, they can vote in a new person to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Obamacare. Right. Appreciate so, it. But, but remember who did that. The yeah. Democrats did that. Yeah. So if they want to talk about stacking the court, what happens if you make, let's just say, just throw a number out there and say they put mm-hmm. 15 seats on the court. Because mm-hmm. that's a number I keep hearing. You put 15 seats on the court. What happens when you do that today, Trump gets reelected in November. Right. And then just continues to stack it. That's right. Into That's right. A, a, a larger number, which makes it harder to disrupt uh, the balance. Yeah. I, again, I don't see, t- I mean, to your point, they're not looking far enough into the future to, to really mm-hmm. think about this. If they do the same thing with the Electoral College and they take it away, what happens if and when eventually it doesn't go their way? Then who do they blame? Because it doesn't seem to me that they're they're not going to yeah. take the blame. They're not. Gonna, they're never they're not going go, to do that. They're not going to go. Ah, man, we really didn't think that one through. Right. <clears throat> yeah. They're going to. They're gonna, ah, dang it, Trump. <laughs> we told you it's Trump's fault. Uh, I think we mentioned last week that uh, stacking the courts was an FDR thing too. It truly was. FDR tried, tried to, to do put that. Fifteen people on it. Yeah, he wanted to stack the court, and, and that, his own party actually were the ones that shot yeah. it down. It's just a power grab. If you really want to solve the country's biggest problem, you put the Supreme Court justices on a twelve-year term, and they can never serve again. Because what that would do is it would allow them, if they get appointed. In the beginning of a president's term, like ACB will be, well, no, she's midway. But the point being, let's just say that it was his first term he comes in. Let's say they were to wait for Biden and do it the way they want to. Brett Kavanaugh might be a better example. Takes a guy like that. He'll get both of Trump's terms, and then he'll get the first term of the next president. And I feel like that's a fair divide. So even if she gets nominated today and approved, she'll get four years of Trump, and then she's a check and balance on the next eight years of power, but then she's out, and they have to appoint. And all nine judges, by the way, just like we do the Senate, if you don't know, the senators are actually stacked with their six years. They're not all up for grabs. We should do that with these folks too. From Justice 1 through 9, Number one should start and then get 12 years. And then four years after number one, you start number two. And then four years later, you start number three. And it should be a constant rotation of different justices sitting on the Supreme Court for 12 years at a given time and rotate them through. This this idea of just a lifelong tenure is absolutely, uh, it's not proving I was trying to find the efficient. article I saw where um, somebody actually introduced a bill trying to limit the term to 18 years. Mm. So I can see that similar premise. Give them four presidents and yep. then half a term. Sure. Sure. Whatever we do, that's look. stop talking. Years is a long time. That's a long time, but not nearly as long as a lifetime. Just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if, if you had it in place, you don't end up. Listen, I hate to say this. 
you don't get pancreatic cancer and all the necessary medical attention required and maintain 100% cognitive function at 87 years old. That's not, that's not happening. She not was not functioning to the degree we need a Supreme Court justice to be functioning. And there's, there's two I could think of who are on the court right now who I would also say you guys need to start thinking about slipping out the back door pretty soon. You're too old. Sorry, you're too old. There needs to be an age limit, man, on driving and the Supreme Court. I was about to go there. Jeez. I was like, you know Biden couldn't get a driver's license right now (laughs) if he tried. Nah, all right. Not happening. That brings me to the second point. All right. The drinking game. That's called a segue. The drinking game for the debate tomorrow. What's everybody going to do? Because I'm thinking we look for train, what I'm going to call... And if you, there's a better term for this, tell me, okay? I'm going to call it train of thought changes, <laughs> okay? And every time Biden does that thing he does where he changes his train of thought, our friend Drake put a thing on Facebook the other day that said he's looking forward to the debates, he thinks they're going to be entertaining, if nothing else. And I said, look, man, I'll sum up the a Trump-Biden debate for you. It's going to go like this. Uh, Trump will be saying... This is the best debate answer that's ever been given. There's never been a better, <laughs> never been a better debate answer ever. I've talked to a lot of people. I've, I've talked with a lot of people. A lot of people have tried to do this before. They failed. Here I am. I'm the first president in a very, very long time, in a very, very long time, to come up with an answer Believe this me. great. Believe me, this is the best debate answer you'll ever receive. And then... They're going to go, okay, Mr. Biden, would you like to respond? And Biden is going to be like, listen, man, that answer is why there's so many dead people whose health care failed them during COVID. It's like I've been saying for 50 years, see, like, all right, look, I'm going on too long about cancer here. Listen, give me a break, you know? Come it's on, like, man. It's like the lady section of the department store, you know? Spaghetti everywhere on pallets and nobody there to serve it to you, you know? Jeez. What are you guys, slow? Clap for that, you bastards. <laughs> his word, his well, word's not mine. What need a cocaine mine. test for? Yeah, his word's not mine. His word's not mine. Um, that's going to be it. Uh, so I'm saying when he, when he changes a train of thought, when he can't finish a thought, you, have, you, you, you do whatever you're doing. I don't care if it's Mountain Dew. You do whatever you're doing. That's the way to play. Maybe we put a dime up, you know, and see how much you give to charity at the end of the I was trying to... So somebody actually came up with a drinking game I saw on Instagram earlier. I was trying to find it. Okay. But it's basically like every time Trump says one of his kind of catchphrases, huge or whatever, something like that. Uh, Every time Biden says, come on, man. You know, you have to I take a you. drink, that kind of deal. You would never, you would never live All, to find was, out. Well, that was, that was exactly what I thought. So I read, and there was probably about... I don't know, a dozen or more things on this list. And I thought, man, they're going to, like, there's going to be so much alcohol poisoning. Right. Everybody's dead the next day. can't do this. <laughs> this is not good. Um, I want to know if the Hunter Biden revelations, where he's been doing business with these Chinese banks and the Senate investigation was underway against him and is still ongoing, I want to see Trump hit him hard with that. Three and a half million bucks from some Russian oligarch as well. Right. I don't know if you saw that one. Come on. 
Like, come on. But hey, if, man, they're trying to help Trump get in there, right? If this is Trump Jr., dude. Um, and then I want to posit my wife's theory, which I think is actually pretty brilliant. Um, outside of marrying me, the smartest thing she's ever done is come up with this idea. She says that she thinks. That's what I'm saying. Within the next day, or before the second debate, because there's only there's two options here, right? Yep. He chickens out tomorrow, mm-hmm. or the first one goes so so bad that he executes this plan before the second one. Mm-hmm. She says there will be a story that Biden has had contact with someone with COVID. Yep. Seen this? I have. And that he'll do it virtually. Yep. Can't go to the debate. Then you can read the teleprompter. I was like, hey, that's kind of brilliant. I could see that. Yeah, that, that theory's been floating around for about a week or so, I think, on the internet. Of people yeah. saying any minute now, he's going to announce that he's sick. And he uh, can't, and he's just out. He's not going to do it. He's got to come up with something. And it's so easy to play the COVID card because you can act like you're, you're really worried about everybody else. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way... I ate dinner at a restaurant this week, and, and I won't say where I was. <laughs> you already know. In Talladega, we went to this restaurant, and the waitress had a mask on, but it was hanging from her ear. And I could see the word fear on the mask. It was kind of tangled, hanging down by her shoulder, you know, off of an ear, kind of laid on the shoulder a little bit. And I said, hey, what, what does your mask say, by the way? And she goes, oh, uh, worn by force, not by fear. Like, what? And she goes, Yeah. I said, I love you. I love it. And our whole table, you know, we're all like minded. It's me, my boss, a couple of coworkers. We're all like minded people. We all start just dying over it. Like, yes, brilliant. And she went on to tell us that they weren't wearing them there at that restaurant. And then somebody made a stink out of it. And the owner said, Look, bring them in. If people want you to wear them, okay, we'll do it. But I'm not going to make you. Nobody believes in it. So she was wearing it. It was I'll tell awesome. you a real quick story. Mm-hmm. I was out of town working about a week ago, went to lunch, and no one in this restaurant that we were in was wearing a mask. You could tell they had them, like, around their neck, stuff like that. Nobody's really wearing them. I see this girl run back from the hostess station towards the kitchen, and I guess the guy that owns the place was coming out of the, the kitchen, and the girl goes, Hey, 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 the health department's here. And so he kind of d- makes this motion with his hand, Uh-oh. like like waving to everyone. Yeah. And then you just see them all pull their masks up. <laughs> it was like the funniest <laughs> thing. Like nobody cared. Nobody. Until there was some, you know. Well, now your money's on Government line. bureaucracy. Because the government. Shows yeah. up and, and tells you you got to have them on. So it's like kind of funny. So then they all throw their masks on, the wait staff and the bartenders and the, you know, whatever. Yeah. They took them off 15 minutes later. <laughs> of course they did. Everybody's a little, I don't know. It's hard to blame them because I know their business is on the line. But to another degree, if we would all tell the government to kick rocks, government would kick rocks. Hey, here's a question for you. What's the best AR rifle for under $1,000? Mm, don't answer that, Hulon. Don't answer it. You know the answer. Uh, you I can do. find out what we think it is at FeltRecoolShow.com. Click over on the blog and check it out. It's a solid rifle. It's ready to roll right out of the case. We've made our choice. Watch the video. Weigh in with your opinion at FeltRecoilShow.com. Just click over 
to the blog. Okay, ready for this one? I, you know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of roll the B block and vote it together. You okay with that? I like where that's headed, actually. Um, it's a toss up. It's a toss up. I don't know if we make it Biden calling the troops stupid bastards and slow. I don't know if we make it Kamala Harris for saying Tupac is the best rapper alive. I don't know if it goes to the gun collective for saying Palmetto State Armory bought Remington. Like it was very clickbaity. We talked about this last week, right? Yeah. Like he did this very clickbaity thing and then he gave a full explanation in his video. That's kind of a shtick though. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Gun Collective, if you're listening, a little quick pro tip. If you're going to like stock up a bunch of thumbnails, what we what we call a batch, you're going to do a batch day of thumbnail images, change your shirt between each one and your hairstyle. Put a hat on, take a hat off, wear your glasses, don't wear your glasses, mix it up a bit. It's a little too obvious. We like you otherwise, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, he seems he's like all right. He's an okay guy. Problem is, he made a clickbaity video and told everybody that Palmetto State Army had bought Remington ammo. And now we find out, uh, oops, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. I was curious. I'd never heard. So the way it goes, if you're familiar with Palmetto State Army, they are apparently owned <laughs> by a capital investment company called JJE Capital. That company put the bid on Remington. For its ammo division, maybe some other things. And, um, the, but that's like separate companies, right? Like it's a parent company buying it. It's not Paul Meadows State Armory buying Remington. Correct. Now we've learned that uh, old PSA didn't get it. Uh, Remington have selected the su- successful bidders for each asset, according to the truth about guns. But what was interesting to me was, this idea of being a stalking horse bidder. I wondered what that was when I read the Wall Street Journal article. Never heard such a thing. And apparently, and I'm no lawyer here, but apparently that just means that you go into a conversation with a company. You go, we'd be willing to buy you. And the company goes, okay, great. Here's what we're going to do. You can give us a bid, right? But it's going to be the first bid, and it's going to allow us to go public with the idea that we're for sale, and somebody might outbid you. But here's the thing. If someone else does outbid you, we'll have an agreement where they kind of have to pay you to get out of the way type thing. Right? Yep. If I understand it correctly. And I don't know what all those terms were. I don't really care too much to know. It seems like a smart business move if you're trying to buy something to put yourself in that position. Uh, what we now know is Vista Outdoor has been the successful bidder pursuant to the terms with the asset purchase agreement. Um, they're going to get... Lone Oak Ammunitions business and certain IP assets. And SIG is the backup bidder there, too, pursuant to the terms. This is all the legalese stuff. Uh, Roundhill Group LLC is the successful bidder pursuant to the terms of the asset purchase program. Apparently, a whole lot of things were actually up for sale inside of this. And then the parent company, JJE Capital Holdings, uh, is the successful bidder to DPMS, H&R, Storm Lake, AAC and Parker Brands. Franklin Armory Holdings gets Bushmaster. Ruger gets Marlin. Sierra Bullets LLC gets Barnes Ammunitions. And Roundhill gets uh, Respect to Things non-Marlin Firearms Business. And Vista got the ammo side of Remington. 
So that's where it's really at. Kind of a, kind of a mistake, I think. And and look, you know what? Gun Collective wasn't the only ones. They just have the the most eyes on them, so they come to mind first. There were a lot and lots and lots of other people uh, out there just spreading information that wasn't true. And it was interesting to me because the gun community is usually pretty uh, picky about that kind of stuff. They hate the mainstream media. We don't like those guys because they say things just to say them. They don't necessarily have to be true for them to say it. So it's kind of a tie between all three. But I'm not going to make Gun Collective vote because they don't deserve that. I don't think ever. That's pretty rough. Um, I'm, they're not going to be vote It's got. I, I just. I don't In know. In a way, I feel like if we did, we're sort of like eating our own there. Yeah, that would be. That's tough. We don't do that to them. Um, I'm just. I think the best thing we can do is we're going to play Biden. Calling the troops bastards. And then we're going to play Colum Olive, Olive Harris <laughs> saying who she thinks the best rapper alive is. We'll do both of those and then we'll, we'll decide. Here's Biden talking to troops in the United Arab Emirates in 2016. And I have incredibly good judgment. One, I married Jill. And two, I appointed Johnson to the Academy. I just want you to know that. Clap for that, Mr. Johnson. And you are well done. Must be slow here, maybe. You know, I, uh, look, um, in full disclosure, Lieutenant uh, Johnson. I, you got to go watch it. You got to go watch it. Go go on our Facebook page, Felt Recall Show, and watch him because <clears throat> these two things tie together. Biden just called a bunch of active duty service men, members stupid bastards. And look, we both, and you maybe even, have worked pretty closely with uh, veterans, and especially veterans who have seen combat or have been on active duty. There's a dark side of humor. That I didn't know ever existed. I think a lot of people with some of those know. guys, man. And it's a coping mechanism. It is Absolutely. a way of looking at the world and going, these bad things happen. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm going to get it out through humor. Got it. Um, <clears throat> so it's not like a group of service members is going to care that somebody calls them stupid or dull and slow. But I think they <laughs> if tend. I, may, I, I, I mean, from the outside, it appears to me that most folks in the military tend to sort of pick on themselves in that way. Yeah. Like the, the uh, Marines, like the crayons type of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, it's meant in good humor. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that anyone sitting in that audience was actually offended. They probably didn't really care. Right. They probably were like, Man, I wish I didn't have to be sitting here listening to this guy right now. And doesn't that always make it worse? Like, you ever have a thing where you're forced to go to it? It's like the principal in school. I want to be your friend. Stop talking to me like we're friends. Right. Your sole purpose in life is to get me in trouble. That's Whether you like that or not, that's the dynamic between the principal and the student. So stop standing here and acting like we're going to have a friendship. Say what you say. Be nice to me and move on. That's all I care about, right? So the fact that he's in that position, he goes there and he says those things. Eh, who cares? He calls him dull and slow. If you watch the video, this is the point I was going to make about them kind of interlacing here. His camp says it's a joke. 
if you watch the video, definitely feels like a joke. Definitely not a welcomed joke. Like the okay. the amount of awkwardness that is suddenly present in the room. Watch Jill Biden's face. Then watch the service members' faces and watch how everybody's like, this is not going well for him. Like, not that they're mad or offended. They're just thinking, this is not going well. I just think Joe Biden calling someone dull or slow. Right. Ring, 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 Hello? ring. Hello? Who this? Uh, uh, this is a pot. Yes, you've reached the cattle residence. <laughs> are, are you black? Yes. This just got racist. It's just that, that young pot, that young Patrick pot, little black from down the street. It is. Little black pot from down the street. Black too. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine? Well, you guys, you guys slipping in your cognitive abilities. Come on, man. Come on, guys. You like <laughs> a bunch of idiots look like you have to read off a tele, a tele, the, the teleprompter all the, t- the thing. The phonograph. The thing about it is if you watch the video, it's super awkward. And his camp says it's a joke. And now listen to Kalamata Olive Harris as she said, as she answers this question. And I have a question about the question, uh, but, but listen to this. And then uh, best rapper alive. Tupac. <laughs> He's not a, you say he lives on. But not a lot. Lives. I know. I keep doing that. <laughs> Listen, West Coast girls think Tupac lives on. I'm with you. I'm with you. So Tupac, keep going. I keep doing that. Um, Who would I say? Yeah, who would you say? I mean, there's so many. I mean, you know. Name one. Just one. Any of them. There are some that I I would not mention right now because they should stay in their lane. But um, others, I... (laughs) Were they? I don't know what that going. means. I want to know who one of those are. Keep going. Keep moving. Okay, all Keep right. moving, Angela. All right. I didn't. That was not supposed to be a stumper either. What the heck are you talking about? Yeah. What just happened? What? What just happened? <laughs> Here's my question about the question. Would that girl ask Joe Biden who his favorite country music artist is? Or his favorite rapper, for that matter. No, 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 no. No, country music artist. Would that girl look at Joe Biden and go, hey, you're white, you listen to country music. Hey, who's your favorite country music artist? Probably not. It's racist. She saw Kalamata Olive Harris and thought, this woman looks black, ergo she listens to rap music. Which clearly she does. Does not. That's the way I view it. I don't know who that girl is. I don't care enough to research. I feel like what I she's could all probably about. name more rappers than her, unless she's from like some hip hop station and doing that interview. Who was it? Do we know? I mean, I could find it. Yeah. So anyone of substance? I just said I wasn't going to do it, and now you're making me look like a liar. I wasn't making you do. It. I was just all right. If you, all right. All right. Top of your head. All right. Why you got to get mad at me? Uh, she was from the... I'm not the one that said Tupac was alive. National. Plus, everybody knows Biggie was better anyway. Uh, she's with the NAACP. Well, I'm glad that she came to talk to Harris about the hard-hitting issues that are affecting the black community. 
I wonder like, if like who her favorite rapper <laughs> what alive if, is. What if Harris would have said, man, I'd love to be able to answer that, but since, you know, they keep killing each other, it's hard to keep up. <laughs> and just let that linger for a second. Um, so I don't like the premise of the question because the premise of the question is we're black people. So we all listen to the same music. That's a racist mindset. Um, but the common thread is if you watch the video, I'll give you a hundred dollars. If you can convince me that Harris isn't looking off camera for an answer. Mm. Go watch the actual video. I only read an article. I didn't watch the video yet. You can see Harris panic. You can see her looking at a person. There's a difference between I look at the wall to think and I look at a person to speak. Mm -hmm. She is looking at a person for help. She is drowning and begging for a life preserver. And that person is on the boat going, I don't think I ever really liked you anyway. <laughs> she just drowns and dies. Let's do it again. Best rapper alive. And then uh, best rapper alive. Tupac. <laughs> He's not alive. You say he lives on. But not alive. I know. I keep doing that. <laughs> The cover. Listen, West Coast girls think Tupac lives on. I'm with you. I'm with you. So Tupac, keep going. I keep yeah, the doing interviewer that. was trying to cover for um, big time. Who would I say? Off camera, look off camera. I mean, look. there's so many. Who? I mean, you know, it. I. I said, who would I say? I, I I would not mention right now because they should stay in their lane. What does that but, even mean? Um, others, I. <laughs> Wait, did someone try to <laughs> tell you how to vice president? I want to know who one of those are. Keep going. Keep moving. Okay, all Keep right. moving, Angela. All right. I didn't. That was not supposed to be a stumper either. We all know there's people in life who, when they're frustrated about something, they're mad at you or whatever the case is, they cover it with laughter and then tell you to do something like that. That's what that is at the end. Yeah. Right. Have you experienced yeah. that in life? Like, okay. All right. Let's keep moving. Keep moving, Patrick. Okay. All right. Keep keep moving. Find a different question. Yeah, that, the laughter is is a, a cover for rage. I'll tell you what we can learn from Miss Harris is when you sleep your way into positions of power, mm -hmm. you will I'm be listening. found as a fraud quickly. Chris, that is sexist. Ah, uh, that's how she got her first job. From her boyfriend that she was sleeping with at the time. Sorry. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, I forgot. Mm -hmm. I'm an ambitious officer. I need to be a part of the hundred club. Man, the hundred club. Um. Man, I'm going Harris on that. Yeah, I, th I think I got to go Harris. On she that doesn't one. have Alzheimer's like Joe Biden, so it's not really fair to not give it. Yeah, one vote. Her. Everybody knows the rules. Um, I feel like that's uh, <laughs> uh, good. I feel like that's uh, good. Anybody that thinks Tupac is still alive probably shouldn't be the vice president. When did that guy die? Like ninety five? Yeah. I mean, come on, come yeah. on. One vote. Everybody it's, knows the rules. It's been it's been twenty years or so. All right. Uh, before we depart, I'll remind you the ways of the woman are real. 
and they are best learned at a young age. And my son learned them bigly this week. Had to travel for work. We weren't leaving until like 11 o'clock. So I said, uh, let's all go to breakfast, and then I'll hit the road, and I'll say goodbye. And we went to a restaurant in Greenville, and we sat down, and the waitress comes up, and she looks at my oldest son, and she goes, my, you have beautiful eyes. Look at him. Beautiful. Yeah, long eyelashes and everything. And he's all like, oh, yeah, dog. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah, they are. Yeah. I go, well, say thank you. He's like, thank you. And we order our food. And as we're ordering, uh, this uh, couple gets sat next to us. The waitress comes back, drops our drinks, turns to the table behind us. Hi, how are you? They go, good. And she looks at the guy and goes, you have really nice eyes. <laughs> and I watched my son turn his head and look at her. And the guy goes, well, thank you. She goes, oh, yeah, you have great eyes. What can I get y'all to drink? And I leaned forward and I said, son, that is a woman working for tips. And you just learned a very important lesson. Don't let it slip. <laughs> Don't forget it. All right, new episodes of the Felt Recall Podcast. What? What about what? Welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast. Never mind. What did I not? I said it at the top. Yeah, we should definitely be welcoming people at the end. I said it at the top. I said it at the beginning of the show. Are you sure you did? Bet you a hundred bucks. All right. Okay. <laughs> Patrick is pointing. Never mind. <laughs> Am I wrong in what you're trying to tell me? Yes. I'll stop. I'll. St- it's a. I can stop everything. I, we've d- yeah. We've proved a couple weeks ago that we can we can roll the outro and then just hit the brakes. I don't know why I'm being. And then at. we can just start all over again. It's fine. I was rapping the show with the bumper music. Yeah, and I was gonna. And I was Patrick gonna, starts. I was pointing. gonna make sure that you wrapped it with our amazing catchphrase that you came up with. You want it at the end too. I want it all the time, baby. I want it. So you want hey. it at the top and the bottom all day. Okay. What's wrong with that? Nothing. You you're just you're is pointing. It, is it not brilliant? It, it's you a, came up with it. It's a great idea. I did not come up with it. Hold on. It's a Jordan Peterson quote. Oh. Well, here we are stealing ideas, and then I'm thinking Chris is smart. I said it the first time I used it. Okay. It's not a direct quote. It's a paraphrasing of an idea he said, that all men are created equal, all ideas are not equal. Um, You told me Jordan Peterson said that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. He probably Man, didn't say created. Goes, that just goes to prove it, that is. I don't listen to anything you say. That's a, you don't. That's a that's a Chris Vermillion. <laughs> it's a it's a Chris Vermillion. Maybe you would call it a Chris Vermillion quote off of a Jordan Peterson idea. I think because I don't think he would say men are created because I don't think he believes in a god. So it's not like he said that in a book somewhere or a lecture somewhere. He was just speaking and he had that as an idea. And the first time I used it, I said, this is going to become a common theme. I was listening to Jordan Peterson. He essentially said that all men are equal, but all ideas are not. And so I turned it into that. Now, what I want you to know is that we hold these sheets of paper every week. And at the top, it says Felt Recall episode number whatever. And then right underneath it, so I don't forget to say it, it says, welcome to the Felt Recall podcast, 
where we believe that all men are created equal, but all ideas are not. And then I put the charity of choice. I put what our stories are going to be and sources for the stories. And so as I start playing the music, right, like I turn the knob up, I hit the music, and I'm like, and Patrick starts pointing at the part that says, welcome to the Felt Recall podcast. And that's why I said, so you want me to say it here, and you acted like, no, you don't want me to say it here. Welcome. It was one line. Below that, maybe my maybe my finger. I'm supposed to be able to tell from six feet away. Well, I can, I mean exactly I can't which line. This see. is like type 14 font. I can't see. That's true. This guy's buying it in one grand. <laughs> yeah, I can't non, see non scoped rifle over here. He's bragging about his rifle. He can't see <laughs> literally what's right in front of his face. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It'll work out. It'll bring work him out. to the battlefield. <laughs> All right, that's it for Felt Recall episode number 115. Do you remember as you engage with uh, those who disagree throughout the week, everybody's equal, but their ideas are not? Was that good? Yeah, I mean, I have to do something like that. I mean, every I'm, time, you know, I feel like Jordan Peterson probably said it better. He it's did. Not a big deal. Guarantee you, he did. Uh, a lot more refined. You can find new episodes of this podcast every Tuesday, wherever you like to get your podcasts. We're on the Apple Podcast app. We are on Spotify. We're on Google, Stitcher, you name it. We're out there somewhere. If you do like the podcast, if you will subscribe, if you will leave a review, and if you will tell a friend, we would highly, highly appreciate it. And we'll come back next week for more time with you on the Felt Recall Podcast.